The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by WinBet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk-free bet. That's right, $500. And if you send in your first bet slip, you get a free T-shirt. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win. That's W-Y-N-N for a $500 risk-free bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and bettors, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, betting that's legal in 40 states, and you sign up at bettoredge.com with the promo code SGP and get a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, betteredge.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, welcome into the latest edition here of our little boxing show and podcast as we get ready to go over not only what has been happening recently, but also look ahead in the sweet science. I am merely your somewhat capable, somewhat lucid host as we march on here in January. He is senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Good to have you, Marquise Johns, back here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. How you feeling, Week Sauce? Pretty good, TJ. Never great weekend of – actually, there is no great weekend of fights. So there's nothing going on. But on your <laughs> end of the woods, there's actual playoff football, which is kind of a big thing that's going on around here anyway. Right. So we don't exactly have anything in the ring that we know of. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're still here, and we've got a lot to go over and discuss, including with a special guest that's joining us right off the bat. We waste no time. This is like Tyson rushing across the ring at Marvis Frazier. We, <laughs> we waste less time even than that to say hello to Carlos Toro, who is with us from fightgamemedia.com. Carlos uh, does a lot of work in and around boxing, uh, writing, uh, video, et cetera. Has some great insight. Carlos, happy new year. Great to have you for the first time here with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Hey, it's an honor to be here on the uh, the podcast. And listen, um, Marquise knows this. Uh, he is more than happy to just send me a DM at like with, with only a few hours notice. I'm like, all right, I'm on. I, I, got, I got my Subway sandwich. I ate it. I'm all, I'm raring to go. <laughs> well, at the time that we are taping, you should know this, Carlos. I don't know if you know this about me. Marquise does. I have 12 year old twin girls. And so a lot of times this is currently the issue what are we eating for dinner? And that starts at about four o'clock in the afternoon. What are we? Four thirty, five fifteen. What are we eating for dinner? So while you had the gourmet fare at Subway, free plug, we ended up at the Big Bad Wendy's tonight. So oh, nice. two for two on American fast food. 
Marquise, do you make it a trifecta? What are you going? I saw you tweeting about Chef Boyardee the other night with a photo. Oh, go, did you go Chef Boyardee out of a can? What did you go tonight while we're going over the food on the Big Fight Weekend podcast? I did not, TJ, go with Chef Boyardee tonight. That was in response to our uh, progress we had on there's uh, sports attorney Dan Lust, who was yes. bragging about his family's pasta. And I was like, sure. <laughs> Chef uh, so Boyardee. This guy. Right. Yeah. Right. Pasta in a can. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, at least, uh, you know, Carlos took part in the $5 foot long. My twins got the Wendy's four for four. Can we get them any more plugs? Can they sponsor the podcast so that I can get some free drive through at some yeah, point? Seriously. We will try to do that. Anyway, guys, good to have both of you. Marquis, since Carlos is our guest, why, why don't we dive right in? Because we've done a couple of shows now in and around fight of the year, fighter of the year, knockout of the year. We've given our opinions. Carlos, if I say to you the fighter of the year, 2020, who is it? Who was it for 2020? And why do you say that? For me, in a year that has been plagued by the pandemic, where a quarter of the year was completely shut down in the sport of boxing, I have to look at what one person has done that kind of trumps everything that everybody else in the sport has done. And I look at Teofimo Lopez and his win over Vasily Lomachenko. And even though it may not have been the most dominant win, a la Canelo Alvarez, Callum Smith, or Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, the fact that Teofimo Lopez was the one can't, coming into the fight, some as an underdog, against arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. And to do what he did in that fight in Las Vegas, limiting Lomachenko almost to just complete inactivity for those six rounds and then holding off a late rally from Lomachenko to the point that we're kind of wondering, could Lomachenko pull one, uh, pull the rabbit out of the hat late in the fight and Lopez coming out with that win. And it was a somewhat decisive victory in my opinion. It's a far more impressive feat than anything anybody else has done throughout the year. I, I understand why some people may say maybe Tyson Fury with the way he dominated Deontay Wilder or Canelo Alvarez with just complete masterful performance against Count Smith. But I look at Teofimo Lopez, the win against Vasily Lomachenko, in my opinion, the most impressive thing any boxer has done in 2020. And interesting, uh, as we discussed, Marquise, on the podcast, Ring Magazine, the famed Ring Magazine and Ring TV, ringtv.com, they shared the award between those two. Um, and, and Marquise, we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago about Lopez. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy, right, Marquise? Mm -hmm. That's kind of how we left it on it's probably one or the other. Although you did submit on the website at the end of the year, that Cal that uh, the, the win over Callum Smith for Canelo snuck in under the wire on 2020 and that Canelo should deserve the same kind of consideration for the dominant performance, right? That was my thinking, TJ, and I still stand by that in terms of Canelo's performance in, uh, against Callum Smith. I really think because they had to push, as I mentioned when we had it on, uh, uh, they, they had to push out, you know, in time for Christmas, those Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year awards, and they couldn't have <laughs> worked on that in 48 hours for Canelo. So they had to push something out there. That's what, with the, with, with, they went with the whole Cole, the whole Cole, uh, Fighter of the Year thing with them on that ring, over at Ring. Yep, so you liked uh, you like Canelo there just as much. All right, so if we say uh, same thing, and I, and I promise uh, we're going to talk Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell. That was the fight last Saturday night, the lightweight eliminator uh, bout for the WBC. We'll talk about that in a couple of moments. But, Carlos, if I say knockout of the year, again, Marquise and I have had our opinions. We've written about it on BigFightWeekend.com. Where do you go immediately for KO of the year, sir? 
this one I actually struggled a lot with because there were a lot of really good knockouts. And I think I ultimately ended up with Gervonta Davis's just absolute stunning knockout over Leo Santa Cruz on Halloween night. I mean, you came into this fight with so many questions about Gervonta Davis. How is he going to look at 130 again? How is he going to look against a guy who is, you know, the most accomplished fighter on Gervonta Davis's resume? And for long stretches of that fight, then that was a fight that was almost 50-50 competitively in terms of action. And then all of a sudden, Gervonta Davis just pulls out one of the most beautiful uppercuts that I've seen in quite some time. I mean, that wasn't just a, a win. That was a statement that Gervonta Davis, when he's on his A game, A plus game, I should say, is about as impressive a boxer as you can possibly find in 2020 or 2021, I should say. And that was just an absolute thing of beauty. It was, and it wasn't against like some random guy. It wasn't like a Ricardo Nunez or a Hugo Ruiz that Gervonta Davis <laughs> faced. This was Leo Santa Cruz, four division champion, trying to go for a fifth divisional title. And to do what he did against a fighter like that, I mean, hats off to Gervonta Davis, who I had plenty of questions uh, surrounding this fight, how he's going to look again at 130 pounds again. And he passed that test with flying colors and more. Certainly was a booming punch. We've well documented uh, that one. And uh, it definitely adds to his status and adds to his lore moving forward, mm-hmm. landing a uh, landing a shot like that. Again, you're hearing the voice of Carlos Toro with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, fightgamemedia.com. We plug away. He's also got his YouTube page that we'll tell you more about where he's got a lot of uh, insight and videos and interviews, uh, etc. Loves covering the sport. So, hey, we welcome him with open arms here on our podcast um, and about this. Uh, very interesting. Much appreciated. You're, you're very much welcome. Uh, interesting at this time uh, right now, uh, the Ryan Garcia win over Luke Campbell has just happened. Let's get into that. Marquise, we have not yet talked about it, you and I, uh, as this is the first podcast after that fight. I'll have you go first here and then Carlos next. Uh, what a great test. Speaking of great tests uh, in Texas, again, just like Gervonta Davis's fight with Santa Cruz, Luke Campbell coming over from England scores an early knockdown of Ryan Garcia. And you're going, "Uh Oh, here's some adversity. How's he going to handle it? He survived. He he got control of the fight back and then scored a knockout with a wicked left to the ribs and the liver, the liver shivers that Marquise loves a liver shiver right off the bat in the first big fight of, of 2021 Marquise Johns. Absolutely. TJ, nothing beats a good liver shiver. I, I promise you all. And uh, Ryan Garcia did that with his fight this past weekend. The one thing guys that I wanted to bring up to that fight that I thought was really impressive on him was the fact that he got up uh, in that second round after that knockdown, but he still had the wear of all, and, and Luke Campbell had the smarts enough to know not to try to press the issue because he was afraid of the counter, and that was well known for it, and that's what helped Garcia rebound for it. I thought with Garcia, it was a great win for him because he actually fought guys finally in actual lightweight in his weight class. None of the uh, Roberto Dunos or the Avery Sparrows or the Fr- Francisco Freddie Fronseca's had to come up two or three weight classes up from junior lightweight to bantamweight to fate this guy. No, an actual lightweight with actual competition. I was, I was impressed by the win, and I'm also impressed by the swerve he had after the post fight because we had Todd on last week. TJ talked about, hey, we brought Devin Haney, and you know, mailing him. You know, he was there getting booed at ringside. Then he got into the ring, and then Ryan Garcia says, "Hey, Tank Davis, where are you at?" And then you see the look of. <laughs> 
Devin Haney pale as a ghost. It's like, oh, did I yeah. miss a memo? Did I miss the meeting? Uh, yeah, we did joke about how Haney was not accidentally there uh, ringside uh, for that fight in Dallas. Carlos, we were on the uh, the podcast last week and Todd Grisham of DAZN was with us. So uh, more on what's next for Garcia in a second. Let me back up back to you, Carlos. How impressed should we be about what we saw from Garcia getting the knockout of Luke Campbell, a credentialed former world championship contending fighter? How much, how much credit do we give him? I think you have to give him a ton of credits, not just because of the way he beat Luke Campbell, which by the way, Marquis, I'm looking forward uh, this time in 11 months for that liver shivers thread. Once it's like all finished (laughs) and everything. And I'm just like, all right, all right. While you're saying that, what did the thread get up to? Cause it was at least 15. The last time I looked at it on the, on the same type of knockout where Marquise has got them all under the same thread, the same tweet (laughs) of watch the same body punch cripple the next opponent and the next opponent and the next one. What did you get up to? Did you get up to like 27, 38 of them on the liver shivers roll call? The Livestream's roll call, I want to say, got to about 35, guys. I must, I got to give a lot of credit, more importantly, to the networks who actually tweet these fights with video. Don't have to worry about getting copyright takedowns, as mm. well as the greatness, Carlos, you know about. Tim Boxio, who covers all these fights in Tanzania, TJ, or in, in Antarctica. <laughs> if, if, if they're fighting in that level of the club, well, he has it. So I got to give him credit for that where it's due as well. But about I, I 35. Have, I have always said, if you're going to have a good liver shiver, it's got to be a fight from Antarctica. I have said that yeah. for yes. years. <laughs> yeah, who knows even what we're talking about at The this penguins point. can hit hard, you know? Yes. So I sidetracked you, Carlos, please follow up. How much, let me ask it another way in a good way. How much more credit do we give Garcia because he had to get up from getting stunned, from getting knocked down to get this win? Not only did he got back up and won that fight, but you also got to remember the last two fights prior to Garcia Campbell also feature fighters who who were knocked down early in their fights and came back and fought. And in the case of Rene Alvarado, who, almost beat Roger Gutierrez after being dropped three times, Ryan Garcia had to live up to that as well because if those fighters could could also get back up and also arguably win their respective fights, I mean, Ryan Garcia really had no excuse. And he really looked so impressive at times. I mean, his his body work at times was very, very impressive. Is his ability to just hurt guys like almost immediately after getting hurt himself. I mean, I look back to the end of that fifth round where Ryan Garcia just had Campbell on the over to the point where Campbell was just giving his back to Ryan Garcia. I mean, if that round had lasted 10, 15 more seconds, we might've seen a fifth round stopped right there. And even though there were a couple of things that Ryan Garcia still needs to work a little bit, there are things like his, his head movement needs to work a little bit more. He needs to improve upon his judgment and his poise inside the ring. I kind of noticed, it, especially at the start of the sixth round, where he kind of let his emotions get the best of him and trying to force something that wasn't there. But those are things that Eddie Reynoso can work on. Those are things that Ryan Garcia can absolutely fix. I mean, he's still very young. We consider him now a contender, but he's still extremely young. He's only 22. 22, 22 years old. Yep. He literally just turned old enough to, to drink. So there are still <laughs> plenty of things that can be worked with Ryan Garcia, but they're not things that are, you know, fundamentally impossible to, to fix. So I honestly think Ryan Garcia will get better, but I don't think he's quite necessarily at the Gervonta Davis, Teofimo Lopez, maybe not even at the Devin Haney level quite yet but I have complete confidence that he'll get to that point fairly soon. 
All right, our colleague David Payne, if he was here, who's over in London, he wrote about this fight post-fight on BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise, as I bring you back into this part of the conversation, he said to me before the fight happened, and he actually alluded to this when he wrote about it in and around on his site, that Garcia essentially, as Carlos mentioned, upright, the chin very accessible, and that that makes him susceptible maybe to getting caught with big shots. And we saw him get caught with a big shot. So to Carlos's point and my question, can Reynoso help with some of that in the progression of Garcia? Because as he steps up in bigger caliber of comp competition, Gervonta Davis, for sure, mm -hmm. you don't want to get caught by him while having the upright chin, obviously, Marquise. Not at all, TJ, especially if Davis is throwing punches. And uh, he was the knockout of the year last year, as we read for Big Fight Weekend. And uh, Garcia will be a part of that highlight reel as well. The one <laughs> thing about that Davis knockout too, TJ, as you well know, is, and I think it's why it's knockout of the year, is once Santa Cruz got hit, guys, and he was knocked out, but he was smiling on the way down and was the subject of every meme known to man for about six weeks. It's hard to escape that. But back to your question, TJ, with Garcia and Reynoso. Reynoso's going to be working on that with him. I also think with Garcia, in terms of his progress, He's going to get a fight in between Davis. I yeah, we we all know how this works, guys in boxing. The guy always comes up the big guy in the weight class to see if that happens next. See if it happens next. The reality of the situation is we know TJ. Uh Ryan Garcia is on the zone with Golden Boy. Javante Davis is with uh Mayweather promotions and premier boxing champions in showtime. So we'll there are, they'll, they'll quibble over something between now and then. We'll worry about that later. But in the One, meantime, <laughs> uh, the next time with Garcia, he, he'll probably have a, a, a fight in between or someone like a Jorge Linares has been mentioned at Nas. Well, I know Eddie Hearn is, is trumpeting from over in the UK that the Haney fight should be next and it should be coming here in about three or four months. I don't know that that will happen or not. Uh, again, good luck getting PBC and DAZN and Golden Boy to get together on the same page. We know that reality right now, and we've seen it in other divisions. I, I got one more question on this. Again, I'll throw it to Carlos first, and Marquise, I want your input as well. I thought it was fascinating. Canelo Alvarez has been training with him, with Reynoso. Canelo was there in the locker room, which was interesting, uh, pre-fight. When the fight was over, Bernard Hopkins, who's been in and around him, was there in the ring along with De La Hoya. I mean, you talk about three iconic fighters, uh, obviously, De La Hoya, Hopkins, Hall of Fame caliber, and, and Canelo will be there at some point. The phrase I love in the present day is game recognizes game, right? That <laughs> yeah. was impressive to me to have those three guys around him. Carlos, your, your thought, uh, because that, that, was, that was some big-time respect from some legendary fighters that wanted to be in and around this guy, and, and maybe they see greatness in the future uh, just like they've had in their own careers. In Garcia, your thoughts, Carlos? And you look at the relationship specifically between Ryan Garcia and Canelo Alvarez, where Canelo is sort of serving at that big brother mentor type of role. And Canelo is not someone that will just easily bring on someone like that. He clearly sees something special in Ryan Garcia. And we scoff, you know, a lot of people scoffed at Ryan Garcia years and years ago when Golden Boy was really hyping him up as this next major superstar. Let me look at all the social media numbers that he's producing, yada, yada, yada. But ever since he started joining up with Canelo and Eddie Reynoso, from a boxing standpoint, you do start to now recognize why people are were hyping Ryan Garcia to be that special. It's not just the power and, and the speed and the flashiness of Ryan Garcia and the youth and how much better he can actually get. But we look at this Luke Campbell fight and we saw a level of grit and toughness that not every fighter, not every tough fighter possesses. 
And to do so at 22 years old, and yes, even though there are a couple of things that he needs to work on if he ever wants to contend against the true elite at 135 pounds, but there is something special with Ryan Garcia, just not just as a boxer, but as an overall star that has the potential to really be a transcendent star in the sport. Now, it also depends on boxing's ability to truly market him as a true mainstream crossover star, but he's got that potential, and that's something you can only say of a select few fighters. Hell, some of the more established pound-for-pound fighters today don't necessarily carry that aura and that ceiling that Ryan Garcia possesses right now. Well said on that. Voice of Carlos Toro with us for a few more moments here. Leading off our Big Fight Weekend podcast, Marquise Johns, also with me, senior writer uh, from the site at BigFightWeekend.com. Same question, Marquise, uh, follow up on what Carlos had to say there about that my, my whole uh, game recognizes game, the, the respect that those fighters being around Garcia, it, at least the, the projection there is they have a belief that he is going to be great and going to be a big-time world champion. What do you say, Marquise? Absolutely, Jason. I believe that uh, the folks, folks at Golden Boy believe that as well. Because as you know, guys, what, once Canelo uh, sued his way out the promotion, they had to find someone to step up to be the next face of Golden Boy. And they're putting all their, they're hedging all their best and all their faces on Ryan Garcia to do it. And he's making the media rounds today, staying just as much. Uh, he, he was on earlier today, TJ. I want to say it was either Rome or one of his Instagram shows that he was doing all day today. And the one thing that, that I thought was interesting on his end in terms of short-term goals was he wanted to get in and out of boxing at 25. We already know he's 22, guys. So <laughs> the, the time is ticking on that. He wanted, to, he wanted to spend five years in boxing and five years uh, spending it just, you know, making the world a better place, which, I mean – Good luck with that part of it, but in terms of uh, for what we in terms of what we Are need we to see breaking on our news end, guys. on the podcast that Ryan Garcia wants to be in the Peace Corps. I mean, what is that? I, I don't know what that is. He wants to uh, go to the Travel Channel and be a host and travel the world. Uh, we're not sure. I did see the video on the day that we're taping here on Thursday for release this weekend. He was with Mike Tyson on a video slash podcast taping, and Tyson got Gervonta Davis on the FaceTime on the handheld phone, and then suddenly it turned into a whole WWE promo yeah. thing where they're screaming mm -hmm. at each other and I want to fight you and Ryan's standing up and pointing at Mike Tyson's phone. <laughs> Again, this is creating <laughs> some buzz and creating some interest. It is no joke, guys, you both know this, that mm -hmm. that knockout uh, video, the clip, has been viewed over 10 million times now at the time that we're talking Thursday, that five days later, it has been viewed 10 million times. That shows you the social media impact that Garcia has right now, the buzz and the interest. So that is that is part of this. It's it's just interesting uh, on uh, on that part uh, with him. Any uh, any anything up, Mar Marquise? I didn't mean to to sidetrack you on that. Anything else though about having no. Hopkins around him? And, and I know, yes, De, De La Hoya needs him to come through <laughs> big time as the front guy, no doubt for Golden Boy Promotions. Um, and I thought it's interesting because you watch him working out on the videos just one more time for both of you guys again, if you want, that Canelo's teaching him things. They're showing that on social media, teaching him how to dip, how to throw the uppercut, the defense, the whole thing. That's, uh, uh, you know, mentoring him, big brother, whatever you want to call it. Like Carlos said, that's impressive to, to see. 
it is TJ, and it's it's hard to be with, with that much star power and that much in terms of boxing name recognition for him for Garcia, honestly, not to fail. And what I really think is impressive as well. Speaking of that video that knockout clip that just happened, where about ten million folks have watched that, and I think it's the reason, guys, why they're trying to stall that whole Devin Haney mandatory bout shenanigans with WBC because because as Ryan's now the interim W, what what whatever. But in the meantime, with that and that. Haney's last fight with Gamboa only I think is only at like a million views on YouTube as opposed to the 10 million that this Ryan Garcia knockout happened just past past weekend so in terms of popularity is no doubt about it Gar Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis are the biggest two at 135 <laughs> I love everyone loves Tiafima Lopez he's the next big thing but those two are one two, one and one B and until that happens fight wise and they're, they're gonna have to figure that out somewhere down the line who gets what and what gets what but those two guys those two guys are names at 135 all right Fair enough. So we've talked a lot about the lightweights uh, here. And uh, again, Carlos, the, the floor is yours. Is there anything else that has struck you here at the beginning of January? Um, it, I know there's a lot of different uh, news items. Again, not a lot of big time fights here over the next two or three weeks. We're in a bit of a in a bit of a lull. Anything else out there that you want to make mention of here that intrigues you right now here as we flip the calendar to 2021? You know, it, it's hard to really just specify on exactly what to look forward to, when, especially when COVID is still a thing and fights are still being impacted. But I do have to say, the upcoming fight that we got in a few, in a couple of weeks between Angela Leo and Stephen Fulton, it's a very, very interesting fight. And it's a fight that I was looking forward to uh, very much so when Showtime announced their 2020, you know, second half schedule. And it's a shame it didn't happen, but now we're finally going to get this very, Speaking very good of fight. COVID impacted, it was yeah. COVID impacted, and it's now been delayed, what, at least three months, three or four months that we've been waiting on this one, right? Yeah, and I would say it is one of the best and most fascinating fights at 122 pounds that you can ask for, especially today. I think that's going to be a, a low-key, you know, really, really good fight, one of the better fights that we might have, like, in the first half of 2020. Interesting. All right. So keep an eye on Leo and Fulton that is coming up uh, late this month. Very interesting on that. Marquise, did we have any fun with Carlos Toro <laughs> here on the uh, on the podcast on the show? Absolutely, TJ. No, it's been a blast. I'm looking forward to what he mentioned before with uh, uh, Stephen Fulton and Angela Leo uh, over at the uh, Fight Spear when uh, Showtime gets that fight back up and running later at the end of the month. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. I know uh, at, at some point soon in February, they haven't officially announced the date, but we're going to see Jamel Herring, Carl Frampton mm -hmm. uh, there in the uh, in the junior lightweight division, 130 in a in a big world title. Uh, showdown and Frampton has obviously won a couple of world titles in lower divisions uh, as well. The Jackal. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that, I mean, we're intrigued by those here early on in the year. We just got to wait. We got to wait for how all of this begins to develop. And, and as Carlos mentioned, we've still got to be very mindful, not just in the United States, but worldwide. The COVID-19 impact is going on everywhere. We don't know what we were supposed to get, right, guys? We were supposed to get Pavetkin and Dillian White again. Speaking yeah. of yeah. thunderous knockouts, we don't know if that's even going to happen because Pavetkin had to go back in the hospital uh, apparently in December, has not has, has only begun resuming training late December, early January, and we don't know if we're going to get that fight. Right, guys? We're, real yeah, quick. and we got David Avenisi and Josh Kelly that was supposed to take place later this month. That also got canned because the BBB of C 
pretty much put the put the kibosh on all boxing fights in the UK for January. So, and that could extend to February, March. So we we don't know what's going to be the status of UK boxing in the next few weeks. Good point on that. And also, your guy, you were there for Artur Biterbiev's uh, last title win. Uh, in the light heavyweight division, he was supposed to defend in Russia. He has never yeah. fought, even though he's Russia, he's never fought professionally in Russia. He was supposed to defend his titles in Russia, and that's off because he has COVID-19 for the end of January. So, again, uh, it has intersected everywhere in life and in sports, and even if we have things on the schedule, we got to be mindful they may go away because uh, because of COVID-19. Right, Marquise? Absolutely takes that. Yeah, the only fights uh, we have so far that are tenderly slated right now currently, guys, is the one for uh, Plant and Truax uh, at the end of the month with Fox from Premier Champions. But yeah, uh, better be what happens is uh, IBF mandatory, uh, which let's be honest, guys, I'm kind of glad that fight's not happening. But <laughs> it, it, not, these IBF mandatories are brutal. And this one was the guy who lost to the actual mandatory because the other mandatory uh, failing monk uh, had, had travel restrictions because of once again with COVID, you can't. He can fly to Russia, but he couldn't fly back home after the fight. That's that's, that's a problem. <laughs> always, so that... <laughs> always an issue when you can't go back home. It's one thing <laughs> if you can get there, but if you can't go back home, that is truly an issue. And we'll see when the better be of uh, fight comes back on. Carlos Toro, you did a great job with us. Please promote on how we hear, see, read you, et cetera. Uh, fire away on, on, on how we find you on social media and where else. You can find me on Twitter at Carlos Toro Media and same name on YouTube where I do tons of boxing videos from interviews, from news tidbits to just posting different Zoom press conferences and interviews that I've done. Even recently, I did a stream where I started playing the original Punch-Out, not the Mike Tyson version, but still the NES version of Punch-Out. And spoiler warning, I'm terrible. I'm god-awful at it. I'm got off of like, and I will probably keep doing that for a little while longer until can, I can actually beat the I, game. Hey, listen, I'm a little older than both of you, and I still remember the arcade game, and I loved Punch Out the arcade game, and it was always that big burly guy, whatever his name was. Now I'm going back 35 years in the recesses of my mind, but he would like hop at you, boom, 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 and then, and then clobber you. Uh, I might have to take. Bull. I might. Is that what he was? Okay, I might have to Ball take bull. one. I got. Like, well, there's bull. like ten guys that fit that description as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I might have to get on the online uh, sync up uh, punch out game with Carlos at some point when he's doing that. And fight game media. You're also writing and producing content, video, etc. Fight game media as well. Yeah. com. Yes, I write uh, for fight game media where I do. Uh, some fight recaps. I also do a, a, a series called Road to Undisputed where I take a look at every single division, kind of look at the champions and what's it going to take to get an undisputed champion in every weight class. I'm right now uh, going to have the junior welterweights up very, very soon. And I also have my own personal website, carlostoromedia.com, where I also post you know, several articles and feature pieces uh in boxing whenever it doesn't apply to some of the other outlets i write for so you, you'll get to see me writing in some way shape or form or producing content in some way shape or form i always love to say it this way multimedia superstar carlos toro <laughs> carlos toro media on social media carlos toro media on youtube and on the website <laughs> love it the man loves the sport loves boxing marquise we loved having this guy on <laughs> Absolutely, TJ. This is What's Up with Carlos.
Carlos, great stuff, my friend. Uh, good luck to you with all that you're writing. We'd love to have you back somewhere down the road. We thank you for hopping on the Big Fight Weekend podcast as we're kicking into the new year here in January of 2021. Thank you, sir. Anytime, guys. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be on here. We love that about Carlos. Marquise rejoins me coming up in just a bit to talk about what's ahead. Uh, here's a clue. It ain't much for this weekend, but we'll do our best. <laughs> Stay with us. But first, let's talk about our friends at WinBet, as you've got a chance with this brand new sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows to get a $500 risk-free bet. You want to know how to do it? Send in your first WinBet screenshot to this email address, podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and get a free t-shirt. And then tons of boosted bets, including a wheel spin to boost parlays that's perfect for our guys, the DGENs only, that are part of the Sports Gambling Podcast. WinBet is currently online in New Jersey, Colorado, and Michigan, and coming soon in more states along the way. If WinBet isn't active in your state, you still get the free shirt by referring a friend. And again, screenshot that WinBet first bet to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get it done. Find out more as well at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N. Take advantage of a $500 risk-free bet. That is if you're in New Jersey, Colorado, or Michigan, take advantage with WinBet. We are also brought to you in part by BetterThan.Vegas. It's an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the DGENs only care about. Of course, the DGENs only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on BetterThan.Vegas. They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college basketball nba will be here soon as well if the free video picks aren't enough they're giving away cash one thousand dollars to the handicapper that wins the most units and a thousand dollars to the handicapper that has the most followers make sure you subscribe on the sports gambling podcast network page sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv better than vegas btv sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv so you don't miss out on any of these videos head over to better than dot vegas that's better than dot vegas to see more we are also brought to you in part by Betor Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions just like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. And since you're buying the positions from other sports bettors, there's no house. You can play for money in up to 40 states right now. And we have a weekly contest going from our listeners as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. This week, the SGP wildcard wager is a $10 entry fee, and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 to wager on multiple events. The player with the highest earnings will take the entire pool of the entry fees. So sign up today for this contest at BetterEdge.com. Use our promo code SGP and get the free $10 bet. That's BetterEdge, B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge.com, slash SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... 
Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. And we are back in here on the podcast, the second one of 2021. Our thanks once more to Carlos Toro being with us there in the last segment. He survived, came out relatively unscathed. Marquise Johns uh, with us. And again, uh, we enjoyed having him on. Uh, you know, we were just talking, uh, I'll go ahead and prompt you. We were just talking uh, to him about a proposed Garcia Davis fight. You're not so optimistic that that lightweight showdown will necessarily happen. If you could wave a 2021 magic wand and, and make a proposed fight happen, or maybe a couple of them, give, give me one, the, a match that you want to see made with the understanding that we believe we're going to get either like Fury Wilder three, or we're going to get Fury and Joshua at some point. Give, give me another, and will we maybe get a couple of other blockbuster fights? I don't know. Wave the wand, though, if you could make a, yeah. if you could make a fight. Absolutely, TJ. Yeah, one fight I want to mention that I'm surprised it's not being mentioned as much as it was last year. Uh, we still have a chance of an undisputed at 140, TJ, with uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor. I mean, that's just sitting on the table just waiting for uh, uh, travel restrictions and people to show up. That, that to me is like, for me, a no-brainer at some point, and that's going to actually happen uh, outside of these mandatories that Ramirez has. Uh, that's one fight I want to see. Uh, everyone, you, you, it's so funny, TJ. We, we hear, you hear it in, like with boxing media and everyone in general. is like everyone wants to see Garcia Spence, you know, Canelo Triple G3. We've been talking about these fights since we've been doing the podcast at this point. I, I'm convinced that these fights are all be under the same magical card with uh, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, too. Like, these fights are just not going to happen in our lifetime. So they're like a I'm, unicorn, I'm they're a mythical, mythical creature here at this point. Uh, yeah. do you have any optimism that Spence Terrence Crawford can happen in 2021? Or are you writing that off even in January that we're not going to see that fight in the next 11 months? I'm writing it off, TJ, and I've got a bold prediction for you on that why. I think, actually, TJ, once all the smoke clears, once it's all said and done, I think Crawford resigns with top rank, making all of this null and void to begin with. And if he stays with top rank, TJ, he's not going to be on that other side of the street to fight Spence. And I will admit, with that either way, TJ, I don't think even if Crawford crosses the street anyway, that they weren't really talking about him fighting Spence regardless. So I, I don't think Crawford wants to, you know, to join PBC, you know, to uh, fight uh, Progress if he moves up to 147 or his uh, stablemate Maurice Hooker, which is a fight that won't happen. So if he's not going to get the fights over, if he wants that PBC, I'll just stay where the money's already at. We will. Uh, we will all. Also, uh, make mention that um, Abraham Gonzalez told us a couple of months ago his theory is Crawford lets the deal run out and eventually ends up fighting Jermel Charlo uh, it, at junior middleweight at 154, that he would move up and fight Jermel Charlo and not Errol Spence. So, again, if, if Abe called that back two or three months ago and it comes to fruition six months from now whenever that deal runs out for Crawford and top rank out of the welterweight division that's a big time call if uh if that comes up so we'll see uh on that one all right so you wrote earlier this week uh, speaking of fights and trying to make something happen Don King only in America he is back <laughs> apparently apparently he is back with a fight card here in Florida you wrote about it for bigfightweekend.com Marquise Tell me more about what's going on because only in America, only with Don King, 
uh, in and around him being back. We got controversy on whether the main event fighter can get in the country right now or not. Yeah, minor details, TJ, of a fighter getting into a ring for a fight to happen. I, I mean, small loopholes. Uh, one, the, the fight that Don King up is proposing again, TJ, and he's proposing it again. For, he's been doing it for, for about several, at this point, several years now with the Florida State Commission here uh, at the Seminole Hard Rock in Florida. Uh, Manuel Bryant, take, no, Manuel Char, correct? Manuel Char, taking on, right? Yeah, taking on Trevor Bryant for uh, Bryant, for a. Uh, uh, Char is a version of the WBA regular heavyweight title, not the title that Joshua has been holding on to for the last couple of years and gotten back. Uh, but the one that he has in terms of being the number one uh, heavyweight contender with the WBA, TJ, Char has been sitting on this title since 2018. And he hasn't been in the ring since 2018 and was supposed to wow. fight someone in 2018 and was popped for a human growth hormone, the same ones that uh, uh, former Ray's uh, designated hitter Manny Ramirez was popped for afterwards uh, with uh, the uh, – testosterone stuff and he, that fight got scrapped so he's been sitting on the sidelines hanging out in germany ever since uh brian's been waiting on this opportunity for for the challenge for this wba regular title since 2018 if we beat bj the now retired bj flores these are names from yesteday tj uh that i'm not mentioning here in the heavyweight division. right of course well, and Don and so, King is clearly a name from yesteryear, too. I mean, how many people I've seen the jokes and the memes. There were a lot of people that didn't realize Don King was still alive. And he's yeah. now trying to have a fight card that he is promoting in Florida. Will it happen later this month? Can Char get to the United States from Germany with the whole COVID-19? Here we go back again. The lockdowns in Europe. Is he going to be allowed to travel? A visa issue? We will see if that can happen. If I said to you, uh, 10 guarantees that fight card happens in South Florida with Don King promoting. Uh, one is it or zero, it's not gonna happen. What number do you come in at that this fight card happens late January? Uh, if, if Char gets in, uh, a solid two, TJ, only because he's been trying this for a while, and I don't know if his checks are bouncing and you are still bouncing like they were the last couple of times this fight's been made up. I really think, TJ, that Don King put this placeholder date on there for the commission uh, that had this fight set because he was uh, pretty much ordered by the WBA to do something with this because they've been sitting on this for about two years. And if he doesn't do something, they'll, they'll take uh, Char's uh, regular belt from him, and I think at this point... Who cares? But that's that's what that's what, that's 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 the end result in the event we don't get this fight. So right. I'm 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 hoping we get just because. All right, little more news, and then Marquise has been uh, scraping around the bottom of the barrel for this weekend uh, for a possible fight to watch as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We do have news out on Thursday, and I put this up on the Big Fight Weekend uh, website, BigFightWeekend.com. Canelo Alvarez hoping to be right back in the ring off the December win that we've been talking about against Callum Smith to fight some eight or nine weeks later the hope was that he was going to fight in his home country mexico for the first time in almost 10 years 2011 is the last time he fought in mexico and he fought at junior uh, middleweight when that happened uh, but it doesn't look like he's going to be able to have this next bout in mexico he is looking to fight in late february the late word from espn deportes on thursday afternoon is doesn't look like they can make the fight happen and in the next few days they're going to announce that this bout with Avni Yildirim, I know, I know that Marquise is just clamoring, clamoring for Alvarez Yildirim. Not going to happen south of the border from where we are in Mexico. It is instead going to happen somewhere in the United States. I connected the dots and said somewhere in Texas, probably because again they can have some fans and a live gate. Marquise, what do you make of all of that? He wanted to try to give back at least if this was going to be an easy knockout win against Yildirim, et cetera. He was trying to give back to the Mexican fans. Doesn't look like he can make that happen with a crowd, 
So now the fight in the United States, what do you make of it? Might as well take If you can't make any money, you're back to the people. Must make money off the fight, right? And this this WBC Mando with a uh, yield room. Uh, currently, TJ, if you if you're looking for a gambling odds, uh, Canelo still a negative ten thousand favorite to win that fight. So if you if you're willing to throw your money away, go ahead and take go ahead and take on beyond that one. Uh, but yeah, it's looking like Texas, TJ, because that's, that's where all the fights are happening now with fans. So it, it'll it'll be something to keep him out the way with it. Hopefully that TJ, I hate to say this, I hope this fight happens somewhere somehow. I don't know how they can do it without fans to, to afford Canelo for it. But if, in the event that this does happen, because Canelo is expected to beat this guy easily, uh, we get the actual fights that we do want with Canelo, where he can unify with either Caleb Plant, who they've been talking about, who's been making a lot of noise lately, and who was not impressed with the Caleb Smith win, or uh, even uh, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, who has been mentioned as well. And uh, it's, it's one of those fights that, that I think somehow, some way, TJ, with Canelo with this fight deal is working with Eddie Hearn and. Eddie Hearn's found some way to make the zone cover this deal. So we're going to get this fight somehow, well, some way. I mean, the belief is he would come right back in May, as you mentioned, fight Billy Joe Saunders, probably in Texas again, because as much as they might want to plan for the Cinco de Mayo to be in Las Vegas, if they can't have fans there, at least at the Alamo Dome, at AT&T Stadium where the Dallas Cowboys play, then you can have 15,000 there socially distanced or maybe 20,000 there. You at least have a live gate of some kind making some money to offset the cost. So we'll see. Uh, one fight already down in Texas for Canelo. This appears to be Yildirim, a second one that's going to go there. That's not confirmed. It's just not going to be in Mexico. We will get out of here in another moment or two. Again, we're always going to be as honest as we can with the audience. We had Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell last weekend. Very entertaining, lightweight contender fight. Uh, we can't lie to you. We don't have anything like that this weekend on the boxing no. schedule. However, if there's anybody that can uncover where is an intriguing, well, not even intriguing, wrong word. Is there a fight on the <laughs> radar that might be worth watching and mentioning? It's Week Sauce Radio. It's Marquise Johns. What do you have for me? Because it's not even on a network. What do you have for me this weekend? Not at all, TJ. Uh, the hardcore fans of those in boxing who are interested in uh, watching on Facebook this weekend, uh, Thomas Cornflake Lamana is in action in Mexico, <laughs> uh, courtesy of uh, Rising Star Promotions out of, uh, out of Mexico as well. That's under Facebook, Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Now, wait, there's uh, two things we should know. His nickname is Cornflake, and the other mm -hmm. thing for Cornflake uh, Lamana is you were in contact with him recently about this fight. Uh, pick it up. Absolutely, TJ. Yeah, nothing beats self-promotion, as you well know, TJ. And have I found him from this fight? Uh, Lamana told me about it. So I'm, 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 I'm willing to pass the word around. Word of mouth gets so out. So you, you were on a social media DM with the fighter, with Cornflake Lamana, and Cornflake said, oh, oh, yeah, I'm fighting. I'm fighting in Mexico, right? Yep, yep. He's, he's fighting action, TJ, against Juan Gonzalez, uh, not the former outfitter that played Major League Baseball for several seasons, but <laughs> the, the – uh, the five, five veteran out of Mexico. He, the one thing about his name, at least is a name that people have recognized. He's been on, on several PBC uh, FS1 prelim cards. He's at, least, he's at least been someone that's been seen. But in terms of actual fight fights, yeah, there's nothing going on. Well, okay, so please uh, help me one more time. These are junior middleweights. Lamana, not Jake Lamata, the famed fighter that fought Sugar Ray Robinson so many times, Raging Bull. This is yes. Thomas Cornflake Lamana. Has Lamana been in there with, I haven't looked, with anybody of note that we would know of? That, that's a reason why that we would be interested at all in watching this. Anybody even recently that Lamana has been in there with? 
the most recent card he was on TJ was last uh, September on one of these FS1 uh, bubble shows out, out back over at the Microsoft Theater. He was robbed of a decision. Um, the man, the name escapes me of the guy he he lost to, and it's, I feel bad about that because he he actually legitimately won that fight, TJ. But outside of that, no, it's nothing of, of significance. Lamana Lamana uh, lost to Jorge Pinmentel, if I said it right, in uh, in it. Mexico. Before that, he lost to Brian Mendoza in uh august in the fight that you're talking about uh that Got was robbed on that the, one at the microsoft uh theater so again corn freight cornflake lamana is 29 and four and i'm just looking over his uh he did he did fight and lose on tko to jorge cota back in in january a year ago 12 okay. months ago i'm looking for another noteworthy name i'd love to lie to you and tell you there's another noteworthy name that i'm looking at off his resume not so much, but cornflake is in action and Marquise will be watching. What did you say again from Mexico? What time and where? 5 p.m. Eastern TJ on Facebook, uh, rising star promotions on their Facebook page directly. Hey, for, it's if, if, you have, if you have a cell phone, TJ, it's free TV per se. So it's 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 free to watch. <laughs> All right. So cornflake in action on Saturday. We hope to get some more noteworthy fights, as we were saying earlier in the podcast. Some of yeah. them have already been scuttled. Uh, for this month, we do what we can on the program. Please promote, sir, one more time the great work that you do at BigFightWeekend.com, your social media, etc. Go. Absolutely, TJ. Uh, BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. Uh, we'll keep an eye on and see what Cornflake does. Hopefully, he doesn't, uh, you know, uh, get get soggy cereal over in Mexico this weekend and is victorious. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Any news and notes that comes along the lines. Uh, Top Rank is finally slowly dripping their schedule out. They mentioned Miguel Burchell, Oscar Valdez finally yes. worth to watch. February, uh, right? February on that. Big fan of that. Also, big fan of the co-main event of that with uh, Gabriel Flores, uh, G uh, the, the prospect out of Sacramento, Stocktown, California, taking on a Andrew Constancio. That's a big fight too. That's in the co-main event. Keeping on minute, uh, any, any events that go along the right ways. We should hear also as well, TJ. Uh, PBC is, has has yet to update their website with actual fights, including the one happening at the end of the month here with Caleb Truex and Caleb Plant. At some point next week, or at least later on this weekend, hopefully they'll have their actual roll-up for the first quarter of 2021, so we actually know what they're watching and what we're seeing on television hopefully down the line well and we we do believe that in february coming at some point in february from premier boxing champions is the heavyweight rematch of last march the upset by robert helenius uh the nordic nightmare right did i get that right he knocked out uh adam kaunaski the uh yes. the polish american unbeaten uh fighter stunned him knocked him out uh, back last March, right before the shutdown, the COVID-19 shutdown happened the next week for 90 days of everything, including sports. So Hellenius Konachi, uh, Kaunachi has been in the making really for about a year. They're going to fight in February, and it may be, be um, uh, it may be PBC on Fox. It may be on Showtime as part of a pay-per-view. We don't know. That hasn't been announced yet. We will find out. But Marquise will be all over it with the news. The info. Hey, one quick thing, because I didn't end up writing about this, yes. but uh, this past Wednesday, the 6th uh, of January, 1985 in the world of boxing is the day that Mike Tyson debuted the week that Mike Tyson debuted on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Kid Dynamite. I still remember getting that issue. I was a teenager. Wow. Again, I'm younger than you or I'm older than you. You're younger than me. I remember getting that issue. And again, this was a time where here in the United States, for those that are hearing us wherever, Sports Illustrated was a big, big deal. Uh, when you were featured in that magazine in the United States, there were tens of millions of people that would know about you and see you. 
I didn't really know about this guy, Mike Tyson, in January of 1985. I knew about him. And again, he had not been fighting really on ESPN. He began to fight several more times that year before finally fighting and beating Trevor Burbick in November of 1986, about 10 months later, Marquise. So the first introduction of Tyson, can I be this old, from Sports Illustrated was 35 years ago this week in SI. I remember reading all about him, and it was kind of like we go back to mythical creatures here. It's kind of like a mythical creature. You were looking forward to seeing him because he kept knocking everybody out. You know, that summer he was destroying Marvis Frazier on national TV in 90 seconds. Uh, it clobbered a couple of other guys uh, and ended up getting in there with Trevor Burbick in November of that year. So I just thought that I would bring When you were on the cover of SI uh, for a lot of decades, that was a big deal. That meant millions and millions of eyeballs were seeing you on that magazine and reading about you. Mike Tyson, I think, ended up being featured like over 10 times on the cover of Sports Illustrated while it was still a magazine uh, in his career. The first of which was 35 years ago. I don't want to accept that, Marquise. Man, I, I don't blame for not accepting that, TJ, but that is amazing. <laughs> and as you well know, uh, back in the day with Sports Illustrated, you can, and I can protest this as a kid growing up, you, especially because you cover football, the Super Bowl champion uh, was guaranteed to you know, be on the cover of that, that right. Super Bowl champion episode. And you were guaranteed, hey, you call in, get that magazine subscription. Your choice of a sweatshirt, a polo, a hat, and and, and, <laughs> right. and a magazine at your doorstep. That was the go-to. Win the championship, a- right? Win the ch- get the championship shirt, the championship hat or sweatshirt or whatever for the subscription. But again, this was a big deal. I mean, agents yeah. were fighting for their clients to get on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, whoever it was, whether it was an NBA star like Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson back in the '80s, back in the day, the fighters. Uh, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, I'm going to leave somebody out here. Larry Holmes was always on the cover of Sports yeah. Illustrated. Marvin Hagler on the cover of Sports Illustrated uh, in, in the fight game. And so Tyson appeared there, and that was a big introduction to a lot of people coast to coast to him before they had seen him fight. Keep in mind, different day in 85 with no internets, no cell phones. He was not fighting on national television, on national Uh, cable TV with ESPN or network TV. So there was a lot of lore in and around it, Marquise, as we wrap it up here, that Tyson was being promoted by SI. I'm giving all the uh, the plugs away there for them. But, man, if you were on the cover of that magazine, that made you legit. That that made you uh, credible in the in the sports fans mind. And we got introduced to Mike Tyson really nationally for the first time 35 years ago in that magazine in January of 1985. And little did we know what we were going to see in the ring really over the next four years uh, of him just obliterating competition and dominating the heavyweight division until that name Buster Douglas, right? Yeah, absolutely, TJ. It's, it's amazing that they were actually ahead of the curve with that with Tyson. With that, so pretty much, uh, TJ, that, that issue of Sports Illustrated, if you can find it anywhere, uh, pretty much was like the precursor or the prequel to uh, the beginning of Tyson Mania in the late 80s. Uh, yeah. Just knocking people out of the way. I still and- remember, speaking of SI, I probably have it somewhere in an old cardboard box, my stacks of Sports <laughs> Illustrated. I saved it from February of 1990. Uh, where where Buster Douglas stunned him. I can't even remember the headline. We'll have to go back and look online at SI.com, but it was something like Douglas KOs Tyson, and the, and the picture was a low-level uh, ring level of him on all fours with the mouthpiece sideways in his mouth and, oh, the, yeah. and the Mexican referee Octavio Meron uh, counting. It was an epic cover photo that, again, summed up his defeat in a picture. The picture said it all. Uh, of him on all fours that was on the cover of sports illustrated 
But Tyson, I think, was on the cover 10 times throughout his career and all the big fights. There was there was no bigger name worldwide. I, this is I, I think we can say this. There was no bigger name worldwide in sports probably from about 88 to 90 than Mike Tyson, because boxing was much more worldwide than the NBA, than the, uh, than American football was worldwide. Yeah. Uh, even the PGA tour in golf, what Tiger Woods would become worldwide, what LeBron now is worldwide or Kobe Bryant became worldwide or Michael Jordan became worldwide. Mike Tyson was worldwide uh, second only maybe to Muhammad Ali in the seventies, the sixties, seventies and early eighties. Uh, for what he was doing in the United States in the late eighties. I think that's fair. Marquise, again, I know I'm older than you. You were just a neophyte when this was going on, but yeah. everybody in Europe, everybody all over the world knew that name. Yo, Tyson was a household name with stuff like this, TJ. And I love what's amazing of all of this, especially with Tyson uh, as he was coming up the ranks and how big of an impact he made with boxing. And that's the one thing about it where it's like boxing was always on that level where you mentioned Muhammad Ali before him, where it's like boxing was always a worldwide sport on that same level where it's like, I think the, in terms of names currently to even come up close to that, the only thing we can even come closely to that on a smaller scale is Manny Pacquiao. And after that, you're, you're scratching your head and it becomes a, a, a trivia question. And it's amazing what Tyson was doing back then, especially, well, what, just, just the way he was obliterating everybody. And that's why uh, Tyson is the name that he is, is now and why last year when he was facing Roy Jones, actually last year, just earlier, earlier this, this exhibition that happened earlier, uh, why it was such a big deal because his name still resonates literally 35 years later. It's, a, it's amazing that at 54 years of age, him being able to step back in the ring had so much mainstream sports fan buzz yeah. every which direction because that tells you what it was back in the late 80s when he was actually fighting in his prime. So again, we spent a lot of time on this, but it, it was a big deal that all of that took place uh, for Kid Dynamite for Mike Tyson back in the day, some 35 years ago. Marquise, I've had a blast on the podcast one more time. Thank you as well to Carlos Toro being with us. Carlos Toro Media for him on social media. Uh, you know, uh, again, all of his stuff on YouTube under Carlos Toro Media as well. Go find him. Go look him up. Marquise, thank you. I know you'll be writing this weekend about whatever's going on in the sport. We helped supplement on BigFightWeekend.com with the news. Better fights are coming. We say that to the audience as always. Thank you again for hopping on the podcast with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on as always. I'm always looking forward to having talking fight game. Love that. Um, a reminder, subscribe. However you found us on the podcast, subscribe via iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we thank again the Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, for helping promote us. We are back next week. Uh, we do our best to give you news, info, recap fights, etc., as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. For now, we are done. Thank you for being with us here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast.